0: For the last 22 years, I've been rocking stages, playing in clubs, and having a lot of fun as a DJ and turntablist, and I've seen and learned a lot. Now it's time for me to share that knowledge by answering the questions that can help you become a better DJ. I'm DJ TLM, and this is Share the Knowledge. Today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoo one two one two what's going on it's your boy dj tlm and welcome to the share the knowledge podcast uh thanks for tuning in this is episode 45 of my educational podcast for djs this is where i talk about all things dj related and of course about myself but most importantly this is your personal dj q a show and today's episode is going to be all about Q&A so no DJ news no updates just questions that I received I posted on Instagram a couple hours ago that I was about to record and that you could leave your questions uh, shared it on Facebook and drop the snap as well and I have over 30 questions here on Instagram and I have uh, Facebook ready with a couple of questions and I'll check the phone a little bit later to see what's happening on snapchat now for all the info about the podcast make sure you check out share the knowledge podcast.com. all my info djtlm.com on facebook i have a special share the knowledge facebook group and of course for all my video content make sure to check out djtlm tv on youtube now All of those links and URLs and stuff like that, you can find in the description box down below, including a link to my sponsor, the sponsor of this episode, Bandzoogle. If you are an artist or DJ and you're looking to make a new website, they offer a great service, so make sure you check that out as well now like i said this is going to be a total q a episode check out a new episode of the podcast every monday on itunes soundcloud and anchor i have instagram ready so that's where we're going to start and the first question is from dj silence and the question is how to use pitch play in record box with a DJM s s9 big smiley now this is not something I'm gonna answer here. I haven't looked into that, but that calls for video. So I'm gonna put that on a to-do list and add that to my long list of videos for the channel. Shout out to DJ Silence, by the way. Another question, also from Beaks. Rain72 or Pioneer S9? Now, I don't want to repeat myself, so I won't. This just goes with the question that I just answered. Go for what feels right for you. Now, if you put these two side to side, you're going to see a lot of similarities, just as you would with Serato and Box DJ. Now, in my personal opinion, I can't really say because the S9 is my all-time favorite mixer. I've been using that for a couple of years, and I hardly have any experience with the 72. I played with it at Dance Fair a couple of months ago for a couple of minutes. Looks great, felt great, but right now, I couldn't say if it is a great advantage over an S9. I would have to try for a longer time, which I will uh, in the near future. Hopefully I'll have the 12s and 72 here for a full test. And even then, if it was the same level as the S9, I would have no reason to switch because the S9 is working great for me. It would have to offer me features that are not on the S9 that I feel would enhance my performance. If that's the case, that could be enough reason for me to switch. But that's gonna take a lot, not just a little extra feature. Like for instance, the fact that you can use the 72 as a standalone player to control Serato, and you can use your performance pads as transport in transport mode. So you can use them to press play and change the pitch. That's a funny feature, but not enough for me to say, oh, I'm gonna switch and leave the S9 for that but i will definitely take a closer look at that 72 and after that i could make a, this decision about that next up we have a question from keen legend is it worth making an alter ego just to play different genres of music or just to play multiple genres as myself like dylan francis is having uh, an alter ego dj Hansel? so okay so basically i've actually thought about this in the past and i'm talking like years ago So for those that don't know, TLM is short for The Last Mohican and at a certain point, I was just thinking about maybe doing a certain type of production, totally different genre and not just releasing tracks under that genre, but also maybe doing DJ sets with that style of music, not like a totally thought out plan, just the thought crossed my mind a couple of times and during that period I was also considering to use a different name for that just because I already had a name that was solidified within certain genres so when it came to our urban scene our hip-hop and R&B that's where I was known that's where I've been playing for years I thought I should keep that separate. That thought did cross my mind and maybe I was gonna use Last Mohican for the other style and TLM when I was doing my hip hop R&B thing. I definitely decided not to because I never did the other genres. I do play shows where I play a little bit of everything but not like do total sets in a different style. But if I decide now that I would start doing, let me name anything, whatever, uh, uh, some house genre, and actually also take sets for that genre. I would do it under the same name. I would not use an alter ego, but that's a personal thing. Some people might feel that it could hurt their brand. So for instance, if you're known as a hip hop and R&B DJ and suddenly you're booked to do a house gig under that same name, that it's confusing for the fan base. But in my personal opinion, I would just see this as another expression of my creativity and choice And even if some people would be shocked that I was doing a different style, they're probably still gonna be fans of what I do when it comes to hip hop and R&B. But I can understand that for some people it might feel more logical to do uh, different names. You can see the same thing in social media where some will use like a page for their DJ thing and then a different page for their events and a different page for when they do their production. That's all up to you if you wanna divide that or just keep it all together under that one brand yeah you could do both we have a question from chef mac and the question is how do you keep up with fresh material as you pretty much covered everything in all your videos that's pretty easy first off just because i cover something once definitely doesn't mean that the message is out there What i mean by that is the proof is in the pudding i still receive the same type of questions over and over meaning that those people did not see a certain video or they did not catch one of my podcast episodes where i talked about this a perfect example in this little row of questions right here i saw someone pointing to a question that they had asked me in a dm and when i clicked and checked the dm It was a question that I already talked about in last week's episode, meaning that the person who asked the question hasn't seen that episode yet. So you can never assume that just because you cover something in a topic, in a video, that that just clears it up. I know that the same questions will always come back. That's not a problem. That only means I have to talk about it more and I definitely don't mind. Same as talking about choosing between different types of software or hardware. I get that question 20 times a day probably but there will always be fresh material because we're in an era where you constantly have new developments so you have the, the developments when it comes to technology new hardware new softwares new ways of djing then you have the fact that things like the entire dj scene and party scene change Other genres get popular, certain genres go away, other things come back. There's always gonna be something happening that's gonna catch your attention. Same thing, I'll be talking in the coming months and years, I'm gonna try to talk to as many DJs as I can about their process, how they came up, how they got popular, how they branded themselves. The ways we as DJs brand and promote ourselves will constantly change. I wanna make sure that I do stay up to date to know what you should do to uh, promote yourself in the best way. Because I know for a fact that right now, I'm not the most up-to-date person when it comes to promoting yourself as a DJ. I come from a different era. I try to instill the values that I learned over the years to my audience, and at the same time, add everything new that I hear and find out about. And I know that there's still plenty of stuff that I have to learn, so anytime I learn something new, I can share it. So Up until this point, I've had no uh, time where I thought like, I don't have anything to talk about anymore, everything's been talked about. I don't see that problem coming anytime soon, as long as I have you. So for instance, right here, I was gonna do this show. I had not prepared anything. Sometimes I prepare the show, sometimes I just don't have the time. I posted this a couple hours ago, and if I refresh, I'm probably up to 40 questions just here. I might not even get to all the questions because the the, the show is already uh, on, I don't know, 10-15 minutes now. I'm in a great space right now, that's all I can say. Will Slater wants to know how best to transition from controllers to CDJs when your first time playing on a CDJ is in a club. Okay, so let me see. So you mean that you're going to have to play on CDJs in a club and you've never played on CDJs. You've only played on a controller and this can happen. A lot of you probably, if you're in your beginning stages, you might be playing at home with a controller right now, right now, but at a certain point you might get a booking and that booking could be in a club where they have CDJs and you have no option to bring your controller or you feel that you don't want to bring your controller, but whatever the case may be, you're going to end up playing on CDJs and you've never played on CDJs. All right. First thing I would do is look up a few tutorials online about CDJs just for the simple fact that you want to be prepared to know where all the functions on that uh, player are if you've used a controller or any type of DJ device you're familiar with the controls that are on that device. If you have a turntable, it's gonna have a start-stop, it's gonna have pitch control, and then you're basically done. If you have a CDJ, it's gonna have a start-stop, it's gonna have a cue, it's gonna have pitch control, and then it's gonna have loop feature, and it's gonna have hot cues, and you're gonna be able to skip tracks. But basically, those are the main things you'll be using during your set. If you have a controller, you're gonna have a start-stop, maybe a cue, probably hot cues, pitch control, and loop could very well be on there as well. So you're familiar with the features. The only thing you wanna make sure you know is where they are on that player so that you don't end up in the club. Now you see a CDJ for the first time and you have to start looking for the features. You need to know in advance where all the knobs and buttons are and what they do and most likely most of the things on that cdj will sound familiar because you have those on your controller as well so just look up a couple of tutorials Start there it's going to take a minute to adjust if the first time you touch them is during your first gig you're going to have that learning curve simply because they will feel a little bit different from your controller depending on what type of controller you use if you're using one of these pioneer controllers or standalone players that are very similar then it's going to feel a lot like your controller. If you're using the, damn it, what's this called, the XDJ-RX or RX-2, those are like just a step below using a CDJ. They have the same look, layout, and kind of the same feel. Or the DDJ-1000, I think the, the jog wheels are the same size as a CDJ or kind of similar. I mean, if you're using one of those controllers, it's not gonna be the biggest difference in the world. That's all I can tell you. But make sure you do your research so you know in advance what's on that player where it's at and what it does what are the best slip mats for the 1200s i have no idea all i know is that if you want to do any type of turntablism or scratching you want to have some nice thin smooth slip mats so you have all kinds i have slip mats from the most no-name brands and then I have slip mats from a lot of different brands. I have some, what do I have here? I have Vestax slip mat, really thin, and this is like real soft material. Then right here, you have one from Autofon Basically the same thickness or even thinner, but it's a little more uh, sturdy than the Vestax one. I have Pioneers, I have Mixwell. I mean, I have a lot from brands that didn't make the slip mat, but just ordered slip mats and had their logo printed on there but all you want to make sure that they are thin like if you buy it 1200 new they come with that thick rubber slip mat you never ever want to use that for turntablism because it's just horrible but i have no personal favorite i also remember a lot of people used to cut out like the inner sleeve the plastic and place that on the platter and put their slip mat on top to make it even more smooth but i never had like real a real, really favorite brand or anything like that. Then we have Flyass Tomboy. I'd like to know your thoughts on the EV ZLX 12s or 15s for parties up to 300 people. Also, what are your thoughts on the online tower type speakers? I have no idea. When it comes to speakers, I'm just not knowledgeable at all, so I could not tell you. I hope someone in the comments reads this and uh, can help you out. This is something I've never been into. I've never been like a mobile DJ bringing speakers to a club, so I never really had to acquire that knowledge, but it is something I want to look into more just to be aware. I'll see what I can do to get someone up on the channel to give us some more info about systems like that and tips for mobile DJs, because when it comes to speakers, my info doesn't go any further than uh, things like this right here, speakers that I use in the studio or at the house so I'm sorry. Then we have a question from Dos Muchos. Salute to you. This is a question about adjustment of height for turntables and how it can affect your performance. I don't remember if I saw that in the DM, but look, when it comes to the height of the table or DJ booth for your performance, I see a lot of videos of DJs with their set is way too low and they're standing there with like an arch back in a weird position. I feel that that's not comfortable and I know from experience that in the long run it hurts your back so for me it's very important for my performance to have my set at the right height so I can be in a comfortable position that's gonna definitely not just improve my performance but also it keeps my body in a better position so I'll have less issues after the gig or just later on so adjusting the height to your personal preference in my book is an important thing thoughts on the pt-01 scratch that's the newmark portable turntable it's on my wish list you know what actually i'm going to put this in my calendar i'm going to make sure i have one of those within the next month it's on my calendar i like the whole portableist movement and i need one somewhere i have a qfo but the qfo is not that easy to deal with it is big it's heavy it's heavy and it's not as portable as one of those PT1 joints. So, all my wish list. Black Sensations, I have a DDJ-SB2, and if I hook it up to an amplifier, can I then hook it up to bigger speakers? Yeah, sure. If you take your output from your SB2, that goes into an amp. You can plug whatever type of speakers you want into that amp so yeah i don't know how you probably have it just connected to your computer now use that audio i don't know but that's what you can do i can bring that sb2 in here and take that output and bring it to an amp and then i can run it through those speakers so yeah that that's going to work just fine then we have vicky smalls yes i answered your question last week make sure you check the podcast every week then we have jesse Bope. i got my hands on the n7 and ready to get back uh, at it after a 10-year hiatus should I get a new Mac or will a second hand do? Also, I need 4 gigs of RAM on a Mac. Is that enough for Serato DJ? Should I get one with 8? Look, For any type of device you want to use, you want to make sure that you go to the manufacturer's website and check the minimal minimal specifications for that device or software. So if you're going to use Serato DJ, you need to know what your minimum specs are to use Serato DJ. Simple as that. Same with the controller. Just make sure you check to see if there's anything about what you can and can't use. Now, when it comes to getting a new Mac, well, you don't need a new Mac. So for instance, I have a MacBook Pro right here. This is a MacBook Pro that I bought like a year and a half ago. So I bought it in, I think, the end of 2016. And this is a model. for a couple of years within that time maybe i'll get a new refurbished one another refurbished mac but one from late 2016 something like that but that is an option if you can't go for new but if you have an old laptop that's uh, or want to go for second hand that's what i basically did refurbished is secondhand, but they just make sure that everything's working when you get it so just find out the specs and then you know what you need and also make sure that you're thinking ahead a little bit. So don't get some something that just barely meets the minimum specifications because you never know within the next year, they might update the software a couple of times and all of a sudden they're requiring you to have a little bit more in your computer. So with 16 gigs of RAM, I know I'm set for a while. That's going to be okay. And the internals on this one should be holding me down for at least the next year or two. Complete Vision Entertainment, how did you decide to pick what you wanted to put in YouTube in regards to topics and segments? Basically, I have a list of things I wanna do for YouTube, and most of the things that are on my list are things that still have to get done because they require more work production-wise. A lot of the content comes from you because I receive questions in the comment section, in DMs, through email, everywhere and that already takes up a lot of the content that I put up on the site but I have a list of like tutorial videos tips videos for ages that I can still have to make and edit and stuff like that there's always things popping up or I see a question and I'm like hey let me add that and release it sometime. so uh, I get it from everywhere so I have another question from Vicky Smalls have you ever played at the DJ con if you have, what was your experience? No, I've, ne- I've never played there. And how do you get over being nervous? Well, look, nervousness can occur. That That's just something that can happen, especially if you're doing a new gig. So even if you've been playing for a longer time, but you're going to do something you never did before, nerves could be involved. I mean, I've had those nerves as well. And most of the times those nerves go away once I start to play. So the only thing you can do is be as prepared as you can be. So if you're playing freestyle, just make sure you have the tracks that you wanna have with you. And that if you have cue points in there that they're all set where they should be know for sure that the equipment is working right so test it make sure everything you need is there or that you brought everything so that you know that from a technical perspective everything is ready so you don't have to worry about that anymore then just start and get into it one good thing you could do is just have a prepared set for the first five minutes so even if it's just the first two or three tracks that you have that prepared so you don't have to think about that and you can probably, if you practice it enough, just execute that flawlessly, that's gonna boost your confidence as well. But beyond that, I've been nervous for gigs, not even DJ gigs, but I've been performing with an MC here in the Netherlands for the last 20 years, Brain Power. We've done over 3,500 shows, and I remember we did shows after we already done like a 1,000 shows, where all of a sudden we had like this big gig, TV gig, 10,000 people, you're waiting behind the, the stage to go on. You have to wait there 15 minutes in advance. That's going to build up a little bit of anxiety. But you just try to stay as calm as you can. And once we hit that stage, it's all gone and you go straight into performance mode. But yeah, there, there wasn't anything else special that I was doing to like calm myself. I was just trying to focus on, okay, this is what I have to do. This is what we start with. Okay, okay, I'm ready. And then when the moment's there, you just go for it. So I see a question from uh, Seam how to master tracks. Uh, that's something that's, I mean, hopefully, I don't, I hope you don't mean technically because I can't explain that. Um, but if you want tracks mastered, you're going to have to either go to a professional mastering studio, get them to do it. Go to forums online, look for people who might be able to do it for you. You also have uh, services like Lander who uh, have subscription services that can uh, master your track by taking it through some of their software. Now, I can't say that that compares to going to a mastering studio, letting them do that. But the mastering studio is going to be way more expensive. Um, This is one of those things you have to put into Google if you put how to master tracks into google you're going to get a lot of tutorials telling you how you can do it and if you add how to get your tracks mastered then they're going to give you a list of places that can master it for you um i think that's the best advice i can give you uh, on this platform right here for the modern day dj producer or musician it's more important than ever to make sure you have an online presence and having your own website is key bandzoogle makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes you can choose from hundreds of mobile friendly themes and then customize your design and content in a few clicks with bandzoogle's easy visual editor now all the features you need for a professional website are already built in including tools to sell your music and merch commission free mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters and integration to pull in content from all your online services, including Twitter, Instagram and SoundCloud. I use Banzoogle to create the share the knowledge podcast website and that was very easy. Banzoogle plans start at just $8.29 a month and include your own free custom domain name. Now, if you want to try it out for free for 30 days, click on the link in the description box down below and be sure to use the promo code SHARE to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. Andy Mack. Shout out Andy Mac. How do you stay motivated to make videos? I mean, the motivation is there, but I mean, in the past, it's been more the focus that's been all over the place. And then sometimes you, uh, let me compare this to working out. For all of you who have tried to do workouts or live more healthy and stuff like that. For most of you, you're gonna have that little peak. You go to the gym, you're excited. And after a couple of weeks, it gets a little bit harder and you go a little bit less and before you know it you haven't gone in weeks maybe months same thing can happen to YouTube I've had that happen in the past started making a lot of videos then it gets a little bit harder other things happen and before you know it you're making less and then you haven't made videos in weeks or maybe even months for me, it's all about what do you really want to do. I made the full commitment that I want to go full-time with YouTube, so that has to be one of my number one priorities. That doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy, but again, this all comes back to passion. We I've talked about this today a lot of times. This is what I love doing, so I should feel blessed that I can do what I love to do, and if that means that I have to spend a lot of time working on it, that's what I got to do. But... There's only so many hours in a day. And if you take a clear look at what you're doing with that time, a lot of times you find out that you basically wasted a lot of time. And I don't want to feel like I've been wasting time anymore. That for me is the perfect motivation to get work done. I don't want to look back and be like, I didn't release videos for three weeks. What did I do? All I did is watch Netflix that's not a good feeling I don't want that feeling again so I want to make sure that I put that work in um, and get it done so right now I'm in a great place when it comes to that all right Joe Gotti can you share some of your old mixes that you did when you were a beginner or any of your mixes SoundCloud Mixcloud DJ TLM on both. I have mixes up on both of those, uh, sites that you can check out. Now, I like my early practice mixes. I don't have those. D- those are all on cassette and, uh, I'll probably still have a couple, but, um, I have mixes on my SoundCloud. I have a playlist there and I have mixes on my MixCloud, uh, for you to check out and hopefully enjoy. Then we have DJ O Y B N V S and I'm probably not saying it right, but I'm not seeing what it should be. Here's one for you. I was just practicing when my Serato DJ Pro completely froze up on me. As I typed this, my MacBook Pro is still trying to close the program. So, what do you do if and when this happens at a gig? Nothing on my DDJ SX2 was responding. I think I just had a panic attack. Well, if your MacBook froze, then your DJ controller is not going to do anything either because it is powered by that computer. It is supposed to control the software on that computer. So, if it froze, it can help you out, that's for sure. Look, the one thing you can do, uh, if you're playing and your SX2 is the only thing there to bring music to the party, I would try to shut off that computer as fast as you can. So if you're telling me it's still trying to close the program, I would force a shutdown to just get it turned off. So you can turn it on again, uh, start Serato again, and most likely you can just go straight back to playing. If I'm in a club and there are also CDJs there, I will have a flash drive on me uh, just in case I have to do a switch. You're going to have the awkward moment that your music stops. I mean, it, it doesn't happen a lot. It's happened to me once way back with an old laptop, not even with Serato, with Final Scratch. The laptop was overheated. So just out of precaution, it shut itself down. So yeah, I didn't have music for a good second and I had to quickly let the other dj that i was playing with start a track so i just looked at him like get a track now laptop dead so took a couple of seconds and then we got it going not much else you can do there is a chance something like that can happen that can happen with any equipment you could be playing with cdjs and a cdj could die when that happens you quickly have to switch to the other one or if the mixer dies there's gonna have to be someone that finds a solution for that but um don't try to panic Keep calm, if there's anything you can do, do it. If there's nothing you can do, then there's nothing you can do. Then we have a question from DJ Orod. rod and the question is how to beat match by ear on a CDJ 2000, the same way you beat match by ear on a turntable controller or whatever. Look, the technique is the same. Beat matching by ear is beat matching by ear. You'll have one track playing, You're going to cue the other track on your headphone, then you're going to listen. And then you're going to listen if it's playing at the same speed or if it's playing slower than the track that's already playing or faster. If it's playing slower, you're going to have to speed it up, increase the BPM, nudge the platter or whatever you have forward until you get it running in sync with the other track again. Listen. If it stays in sync, you're there. If it's still playing too slow, it will fall back, so you're going to have to increase the pitch. Nudge it forward, et etc. Et That's beat matching, but the technique works the same on any device. It's not like beat matching on a turntable has a totally different technique than beat matching on a CDJ. It's all about making sure that you get the two tracks playing at the same tempo and your ear is going to have to tell you if the new track is playing faster or slower. And then you have to get it at the right tempo. Vescue music when did you personally decide to go full-time as a DJ musician and Generally, do you have any advice for self-employed people in the music industry now? That's a longer or or more broad question right there Um, When did I decide to go full-time I remember uh, when I was probably like I Don't know 18 or something like that Uh, I just remember around that time, I was in school. I was playing basketball on um, the highest level that you can play here in the Netherlands um, for that age. Uh, So that's on the national level. And I was also DJing. And at a certain point, I reached uh, um, a scenario. uh, uh, um, I reached a point where it was pretty obvious I couldn't do all of those things because I was doing everything a bit and it was costing me points on all sides. So for instance, I was playing basketball at the highest level, but we played games on Sunday and I started to get a little bit more uh, into doing gigs on Saturday. So that means that you do a game on Sunday morning When you're still feeling like, uh, well, not fresh and ready to play a basketball game. It's a team sport. So now you're letting down your team. You're not performing to the best of your abilities. So the two were kind of conflicting. I had like four four practice sessions a week. But during the week, I was also going to parties just to network, promote myself and party. Um, The lifestyles were not really matching up uh, that great. So I couldn't really quit school, so I still had to stay in school. So that means I had to make a choice between basketball and music, which at the time was a pretty rough choice to make. I have to admit that wasn't easy because I truly love basketball. And I remember when I stopped, uh, I couldn't go to games for a pretty long time because I remember the first time I went to a game to support my old team. That was a horrible feeling to sit there on the bleachers and watch my team, former team. But it still felt like my guys out there and not be on that bench ready to go in. Um, So, yeah, I did not like that feeling. But it was it was the right choice. I know that just by looking at the love that I have for both and looking at what I could do with basketball, especially here in the Netherlands or music and I felt that I may have had a little bit more love for the music and I saw that the future for basketball basketball is not big over here so if you want to make it big in basketball you would have to aim for the US and I already talked to some people I knew what it would take to go over there that takes a lot and that's where I truly found that I did not have enough passion for that to pursue that because I already found another love that I had and that was the music so um i think it was around 18 around 18 19 around that time that i decided like okay i gotta just stop doing this focus on that now um i've basically been self-employed ever since then i've never worked for a boss um ever basically if you're not counting when i was like i don't know 15 16 working um in the aisle at a grocery store here for a, a while and i Found out very quick that that's not for me. But um, advice for self-employed people in the music industry—I uh, don't know. You—you you have to um, know. <laughs> I have plenty of advice, of course, but like on the spot, saying one thing for self-employed people in the music industry—I don't know. That's kind of hard. I mean, all I can tell you is it's not—it's uh, not an easy road. I—I I choose. Uh, to to do music because this is um, truly a passion of mine not just music but everything that has to do with it because right now content creation for my YouTube channel and the podcast uh, has my full attention not even DJing this is the most important thing for me now but it's still all about DJing and music and the culture Um, the passion for it is what kept it Uh, Kept me in it for over 25 years because it definitely wasn't easy all the time so if you're truly just depending on DJing for your income or uh, Being a musician and that being your income You you possibly gonna have some hard hard times But if this is truly what you want to do and you love doing it? You're living a dream because you're making a living off doing something you love to do That is amazing but that passion really comes out when you're gonna go through hard times. Are you gonna to stick to it, or are you gonna quit? I see a lot of people who pretend to be really into this. Oh, I live for music, I wake up with music, I go to bed with music. As soon as they hit a wall, they quit, and they're off, they're doing something else. So, um, yeah, time will tell when it comes to that passion, if someone is really passionate for it. But you should feel blessed to be able to do something that you love. Instead of making a living doing something you hate. Um, It's not really advice, but that's all I can say about that right now. I want to thank you for tuning in to episode 45 of the Share the Knowledge podcast. If you're tuning in to iTunes, Anchor, or SoundCloud, or if you're watching one of the video clips on YouTube, I'll be back next Monday with a new episode. And you can find me anywhere on social, the handle is DJTLM, or go to my YouTube channel, TV or send me your email, djtlmtv at djtlm.com. All the links to all the info and everything is in the description box down below. Make sure you share this video or this podcast if you like this info so you can help me share the knowledge and we can build this movement. I'll be back soon. If you're subscribing to my YouTube channel, make sure you also turn on the notifications because YouTube is not sending my videos to your subscription feed. I wanna make sure you get all of the content that I'm making for you guys. All right, I'll be back next week on the podcast or anytime on YouTube. Peace.